Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm John, joined by Dave McDonald. It is Friday the 20th of May. This is episode 211. I never know, should I be reading the date in Thailand or the date in the USA? Is this going to confuse people? Uh, I mean, I think they just get the general gist of the week and the show and, you know, they don't want to hear, you know, it is, today is January 6th. <laughs> what the fuck? Um... No, I, We're just I mean, basically trying to avoid the confusion where <laughs> accidentally uploaded one of the pandemic episodes. Right. People were like, what? What's happened? You just right. shut down again. We went back in time. Um, yeah, that's all we're doing. So, I mean, you could do either one. Whatever one you are more. I mean, it's what, the 20th there, right? Early morning, yes. once again. Five, uh, four minutes past five in the morning. Jesus Christ. Friday the 20th of May. So, right, you know, Friday's a good day for me because. Well, after I've done the podcast and I go to work, I get my management time on a Friday morning, so I don't have to teach for the first half of the day. So okay. I just get to sort of catch up on planning and, and my my management bits and pieces, and I get to listen to the voices of flagship wrestling podcast live for nice. three hours of it. So that's a nice little treat. I'm ordering a coffee, so Fridays are a pretty good day for me. So um, don't feel bad for me, listeners, having to wake up early. Um, uh, but I, I am sorry to say this, Damon. The listeners do want us to be miserable today, so I'm going to get this shit out of the way. These absolute vultures, right? Here's the question. Multiverse A says, uh, how is Damon handling the latest Maple Leafs game, Seven Lost, and James is asking me, how how am I coping after the North London derby? So (sighs) who who wants to share their misery first? Do you want to go first? (laughs) You want to go first? Go first. Feel free. Okay, I'll go first then. Uh, So we've blown it. I think barring... uh, extremely unlikely outcome on Sunday of Spurs losing to Norwich, <laughs> the shittest team in the league, and then Arsenal beating Everton. We're not going to be finishing fourth. We won't be in the Champions League, which is really disappointing because we had a, a big advantage there and we had it in our hands and it looked like we were going to do it, but we just sort of crumbled at the end. You know, tiredness, maybe we bottled it under the pressure. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's upsetting. So I've just got into full uh, Mugabe media blackout mode, not listening to any podcast, no football news. <laughs> We're just I'm putting, putting it away and, and I'm not going to embrace any kind of football content until uh, the, the season starts and we, we've signed some new players. So uh, football is dead to me. I'll tell you what, we're in the same boat. We are, uh, we are twin brothers of different mothers because, boy, oh boy. They did it again to me, Joel. <laughs> they fucking did it to me again. Once again. We seem to have this conversation like every, is it every year this yeah. happens? 
Every year this is happening. And it's the same exact thing that happens. It's not like they get blown, you know, the fucking barn door is open and, and you know, it's never in question. It's always, always they're up three games to two. Again, best of seven. They're up three games to two. They just got to win one out of two. And one of those games are going to be at home. Shit the bed every time. Now, again, people will say, well, you played the, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, right? So this is a good team. That we're, we're Just once. Again, th- think of this as, as the New Japan Cup and, and, and the brackets. And imagine this wrestler who, during the entire year, is, uh, we'll say, Naito level, Ibushi level, uh, Zach level. Um, you know, not number one, not Okada, not Tanahashi, but definitely in the mid. Jay White, right? And then come New Japan Cup time, first round, every time, every time, every time. And every, and every first round match goes to the 30-minute time limit, and they do an extra five minutes, and they shit the bed. <laughs> That's every fucking time. Joel, I'm an old man at this point. I would be considered old at this point. Um, so again, there are m- many rounds in the Stanley cup playoffs. There's, you know, you're probably about three rounds and then you get to the finals. Do you know how many years it has been since the Maple Leafs have gotten out of the first round? The first round. Do you know how many years it's been? Take a guess, take a stab, take a, throw a number out there. Uh, well, I'll, I'll put it against the last time Arsenal won the Premier League, 2004. That would be quick math. Would that be 18 years? Because that's what I'm looking at now. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, again, but you're talking about winning the championship. I'm saying, look, the Maple Leafs have won three games more than the worst team in hockey. (laughs) That's all that's happened. They played three more games. Well, they played seven games, but they won three more. That's it. It's it's unbelievable. (sighs) So, no, I did not have it. As a matter of fact, I was in the Uber coming back from uh, Capital Collision or whatever the fuck it was called uh, in Washington. I was going back to the hotel and uh, we were we, me and uh, Joel were, were texting back and forth. And I had to tell him the fucking Maple Leafs lost. And I got to be honest with you, I was checking my phone constantly to see uh, any updates. And I left disappointed. And I had somebody yell at me and laugh at me for wearing my Maple Leafs hat. I didn't like him. The punch him right in the face. What are you going to do? Every fucking year they do it, I'll be back again. And they'll fuck me square in the ass again. I love them. God, I fucking love them. Why, I, why don't we do it to ourselves? Why the fuck do we do this to ourselves? I know. We, we come every year like moths to the flame. We really do. It's unbelievable how we suffer, how we suffer. Fucking A. All right. Well, maybe one year, maybe one fucking year it'll happen, but I'll be probably dead and buried. Christ. It is a sad fucking thing. Man. Is it? Is, is, would Arsenal be for all sports, like just your team? That's your team, correct? Yes. Like there's not a sports I, I, I league. I follow England during international tournaments as well. Okay, sure, sure, sure. But but that's your team. Like the Maple Leafs are my team. All four major sports. I don't give a shit about anything else. 
and every fucking time. So to answer the question miserably, it was a miserable, miserable Saturday night. I didn't do anything Saturday night after the show. I went right back to the fuck. And well, I'll take that. I'll, I'll tell the whole story in a second. But um, I was miserable. I was fucking miserable. And I was like, they did it to me again. They did it again. Uh, so yeah, we're miserable. We were miserable. The worst thing, worst thing for me is having to deal with a time difference because, like the Spurs game, I thought you know I should watch this one because I didn't want to miss the possibility of us winning. However unlikely that was, if I'd woken up and checked the score and saw that we won and missed out on that live experience, I would have been annoyed with myself, even though I thought it was unlikely to happen. So, set the alarm, got up at two a.m. What like twenty minutes in, <laughs> we were two goals and down. You know and we'd had a player sent off, so I was like, "Oh, oh. fuck this! We're, we're going to get destroyed here." But of course, no chance. I'm going back to sleep after that because I'm too annoyed. <laughs> just right. like lying in bed for the next like six hours, just like stewing. Like, oh god, I'm so annoyed. <laughs> me, too, oh, me too. Me too. I was in the fucking hotel bed, and all it was dark, and I just just remember looking up at the ceiling, and I just I'm tossing and turning. I was I was so fucking angry uh i didn't even watch it like i i mean i obviously i went to the show and i had people ask me like oh my god i, I thought you weren't going to even be here let alone you know not watch the game in any way and i was like no nah, uh, here's the thing I, i've been here six years in a row and there's the same fucking result no nah, i'm gonna enjoy this fucking show as best i can that's exactly what i tried to do um <laughs> and then, and then, and then the sorry dude texts came <laughs> from everyone Te- texting me, making sure I'm all right. Sorry, dude. Sorry about that, man. That sucks. And uh, I have more- people texting me, telling me to make sure that you're okay. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> it could have gone. It could have gone south. It could have gone fucking south. Because uh, I went. I was starving afterward, and uh, I went back to the hotel area, the wharf area, which is really nice. If you've ever been watching it in D.C., that's really nice. All bars and restaurants on the waterfront. It's very nice. Uh, and one place was open, the same bar that I spent half the fucking afternoon in. Um, but it was so it was so noisy. It was just un- ungodly noisy. And it was kind of crowded, and I was, just, and I was in a miserable mood, so I had like a fucking guinness and curry fries which they were not good and i didn't i and you know me one beer is just not in my vocabulary uh, i didn't i didn't even finish the beer i think i had i think three quarters of it and then i was like fuck it i'm just going upstairs going to bed going to bed popped an ambient tried to fall asleep couldn't really got a couple hours sleep but yeah it bothered me man it fucking bothered me <laughs> because and here's the thing too they had tvs on and the fucking bar and of course i got to show highlights of it and i'm just like motherfucker it's terrible why do we do this why whatever all right so that's that 10 minutes on the maple leafs and arsenal fucking taking years off our lives yeah fuck them um right yes we've got a lot to get through today so i'll try and be quick a couple of little news items here this will cheer you up cheering might be allowed soon uh so the J-League football stadiums will have voices okay sections in June. So, of course, this being Japan, they're doing it in the most convoluted way possible where there's <laughs> going to be certain sections of the crowd that are allowed to cheer, but they've got to continue to have their masks on and they're not allowed to have food and drink while they're in that Jesus section. 
Um, really? the, the tuning sections are going to be used as a half step towards running test games in July with a, a quote unquote normal tuning crowd. So it does look like we're moving in the right direction. I'm still sort of holding up my uh, crazy hope that we get cheering in time for the G1 climax, but uh, we'll see. But either way, it looks like we will get there eventually, right? Yeah, slow, slow and steady wins the race, I guess. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I, I'm a firm believer, too, that sometimes you just got to fucking jump into the pool at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're at the point where it's like, let's just, you know, let's just see what we can do and move forward. Um, it's good news. It's, it is good news. It is good news. And I did see that. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Joel, the country of Japan, they are allowing tourists in, in controlled tourist groups. Like you have to be in, sign up with a specialized group to go over. But again, first step, um, in hopefully getting shit back to normal. Um, look, the quicker, the better we all would agree, but you no, know, let's, let's, they're going to do what they got to do. Uh, they got to do. They're going to do what they got to do. So whatever they got to do, just let's fucking get moving in that direction. Yeah, you need to stay with a tour group. So the two of us will be going. We'll sign up for a tour group. Go over for the, just in time for the G one. But what we need, we need two people in Japan who look like us, or at least have like the same sort of body shape, who could pass oh us. They're going to they're going to be like. Uh, decoys they're going to be the phony joel and damon to be in that tour group we'll do a little switcheroo when the guy's not looking and we'll run off to the, <laughs> the 19 g1 climax events so you might want uh, to recruit a sumo guy <laughs> <laughs> all right the other piece of news here is uh new japan launching a free non-fungible token giveaway they get on the nft oh. bandwagon damon just as the the value of nfts begins to plummet fucking, <laughs> fucking toilet um no Bad New Japan. I'm rolling up a newspaper, smacking them on the nose and saying, naughty. I'm going to say it flat out. If anybody buys this thing, <laughs> like, again, I always say, I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money. If you've got money for it and you want to do it, knock yourself out. But yeah, come on. What are we doing here? Is that Rocky? Is that Rocky Romero? <laughs> He's speaking to that, wasn't he? There was, wasn't that? I think, I think everyone was thinking. Um, that. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah, does seem I don't like think a there's very a person rocky on, thing to get into. Yep, yep, it's him. Um, I, I wonder. I, I mean, can I ask why? Does anybody have a? Can can, can someone give me a reason why? like someone would do like why would a company do that i guess like why would what, what's in it for new japan i guess is my question because uh, they think people are suckers are gonna <laughs> put their money into this nonsense <laughs> all right so like do we know how much this costs so at the moment it's just an nft t-shirt that they're giving away so a, a non-existent t-shirt doesn't really exist okay. so you need to uh, follow New Japan Global on Twitter, retweet the tweet, and then fill out and submit an online form. So I guess they're just sort of using that to maybe test the waters to see how many idiots there are following the product <laughs> and if they can shake them down or not. Uh, uh, <laughs> come down. Boy, I tell you, that's, um, <laughs> that's just preposterous at this point. <laughs> I mean... Ah, uh, 
Well, I, again, I don't understand. Okay, but fine. Do, again, spend your money how you want to spend your fucking money. But boy, oh boy, I can't think of anything dumber to buy. All right, let's move on to Capital Collision, then, which took place Saturday, May 14th in Washington, D.C. Um, Multiverse A says, how was Damon's experience at the shows over the weekend? Did you have a nice time? Yes. Um, low key. Um, I only met up with a couple people um, from I mean, that, that I had already known from our travels in Japan, um, who were also over there at the same time. So, um, yeah, I... It was nice, you know, at the media hookup. There was a big, long line, and I got ushered right to the front. Actually, it was a, a, a different entrance for Washington. Um, the arena was full. The arena was full, and it was like, it felt like a legitimate building, you know? This wasn't like a fucking parking lot in the middle of a car dealership. This was a this was a true building. It's, it's a building where... Um, the WNBA team for Washington plays. And so um, they had the stage set up, which probably cut like, oh, I'd say like a third of the, of the arena. But the rest, it looked full, which was great. And the crowd was into it the whole time. Um, knowledgeable and fun. And it, I'll tell you what, the one thing that I that I came away from mostly was there is a huge difference between hearing the people that listen to the show and the people that communicate with us and all of that, and then going to a live event of, of that size, which again, sizable. Um, and I think obviously Chicago will be more. We're looking at almost 17,000 there. Um, like I'll give you an example. As much as we, kind of sort of hand wave bullet club like we're kind of over it we've had seven eight ten years of it probably more and we kind of eh, you know it is what it is and you know nobody gets too pumped up over a fucking bullet club bullet club is still huge joel i'm telling you there was not a group a faction a wrestler nothing uh that had more t-shirt representation than fucking Bullet Club. Like, there were a ton of people still wearing Bullet Club t-shirts. Uh, and, and and truth be told, second in, in t-shirt count wasn't even a wrestler. It was just like the lion mark. It was the, you know, the New Japan logo. I'm telling you, I couldn't, like, I couldn't believe it, but then I guess I can believe it, but I, I, you know, I don't know. Super, I would say for every f- third person at a fucking bullet club. Nah, maybe that's not them, but uh, there were a lot. There were a ton, and and it, there was more than I thought. So, uh, make no mistake about it. Fucking bullet club is still a thing, especially here in the states. Yeah, I've said that from the start. I mean, the the sort of more disillusioned, snarky corners of the fans that might hand wave it, but. It, it is big amongst casual fans, casual Western fans. And uh, I think they're doing a good job with the current storylines, actually. Um, I will say from my end, the fight stream was much, much better. Had almost good. zero problems with it. So very well done to New Japan for pulling their finger out and, and getting that sorted. So let's get into the matches then. So, yeah, quick thoughts on these. First was Carl Fredericks defeating Ren Narita in 10 minutes, 32 seconds with the MD. Uh, where do you think we're at with Carl now? Because... 
he's engaging in this feud with QT Marshall and the uh, the factory at AEW. I think he's starting to put it all together. To me, he is looking more like the wrestler I hoped he'd be rather than the one who was sort of spinning his wheels over the last 18 months. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And like he feels like like he's ready to make a, a move. You know what I mean? Like he's not when I say a move, like just up the up the ladder. Like he felt. He, let's put it this way: the, since the last time I saw him, which I guess would be when was the last time I fucking saw him in the ring, like live. Uh, it might have been like a Philly show or something like that. But like I just feel like there is just there is a noticeable difference in him. Um. I thought that match was really good, actually. The the opener and the crowd was hot. Everybody was into it. Yeah, I think like to me, there's no like if I'm putting if I'm buying an NFT on any of those young lions coming out of the dojo, like he's my guy. And I know we were not down on him, where we were just kind of like shaking or shrugging our shoulders and like, what the fuck are they going to do with this guy? Because you're right, it did feel like we were just spinning our wheels. He's he is a fucking guy. Like he is a he is someone that like I can see two years down the road, three years down the road at the most, being a guy in the mix. Like you know how like we fawn over Jay White now. Like there's to me. He's the next Jay White, right? I mean, obviously they're going to do something and repackage and all that fucking shit. But to me, like he could be like top foreign star level. Um, I, I'm that high on him. Yeah, me too. I, and I think it was this match and the the Josh Alexander match they had recently, where I thought, yeah, now now we're cooking. Now he seems to have found his confidence and he's. He's sort of working at a higher pace, higher intensity in the ring and having those, you know, exciting closing stretches that we like to see in New Japan matches. So I don't know if this year's G1, if it's a 20-man G1, I think that might be a bit too soon. But if we get some sort of expanded G1, then I wouldn't bet against Carl Fredericks being in it because, I mean, it was supposed to be in the New Japan Cup last year. No, two years ago, I think. So I think we've got to make up for lost time here. So I think Carl Fredericks is a guy who... We want to bring back to Japan soon to see what we've got there. Um, would, okay, so we had a 10-man tag match with Team Filthy, Tom Lawler, Royce Isaacs, Joel Nelson, Jar Kratos, Danny Limelight against Fred Rosser, David Finley, Tangaloa, Yuya Uemura, and the DKC. So Danny Limelight got the pin over the DKC after 40 minutes, 48 seconds with the symbiote DDT. I do just still find it strange seeing David Finley and Tangaloa on the same team. That's just still a little bit jarring to me. And... Yeah, it's a good match. I mean, these these ten man, the multi man tag matches are always good, entertaining. Everyone gets their time to shine. The finish was a little bit messy. I think Danny Limelight had to go through that spot twice. There was some talk about maybe the ropes being a bit too loose, and a couple of incidents involving the ropes where things kind of fell apart. Uh, but Ian Riccoboni worked really hard to <laughs> cover it up and say, "Oh, what a great veteran move by Danny Limelight." Uh, repeating the same spot basically, so he, really? he covered for it really well there. But these, yeah, these multi-mans they don't miss. They set the table for Filthy Tom versus Fred Rosser, which I know you've already seen, but we won't spoil it for our listeners who are uh, waiting to watch it when it actually is uh, is televised. But uh, I will sort of jump over to my strong review rather than doing it separately because on strong, the second match was a handicap match, so 
Tom Lawler set up the challenge to Fred Ross and said, right, if you want another shot at my belt, you have to beat West Coast Wrecking Crew in a handicap match. And of course, you're sort of, your WWE brain is thinking, oh, well, of course the babyface is going to overcome the odds and, and manage to beat the, the tag team and get the shot. Um, but no, it was like a seven-minute squash match. He basically got battered by the West Coast Wrecking Crew and lost. And then there was this whole segment afterwards where he forced him to, he said, right, well, no, you, you know, you didn't manage to beat my challenge. You lost the West Coast Wrecking Crew. What are you going to do if you still want this title shot? And he ended up having to shave his hair again and Filthy Tom was eating Fred Ross's hair. So oh, I yeah. just, I thought, <laughs> again, yeah, I just thought it was really great. You know, the babyface doesn't get to beat the established tag team just because the story dictates it. And, and that made West Coast Wrecking Crew look good. I think surprised a lot of people who were in that you know, standard WWE brain modes. And uh, yeah, it was good. Kind of, the haircut reminded me of a Suzuki at Wrestle Kingdom 12. It was like Fred Ross is snatching the clip. He's like, no, I'm going to do it myself. And then he cut a great promo afterwards. So yeah, this this uh, 10-man tag match is more setting the table for that upcoming strong openweight title challenge. But again, these 10-man tag matches, always a great time. Absolutely, 100%. And you're right, it did build toward the next night um, in Philadelphia. And uh, again, Joel doesn't want to spoil, that's fine. But uh, I would say you definitely want to go out of your way to watch. I'll say that. Because the match itself, I thought, was, if not the best of the Philadelphia tapings, it was one of the better ones. Yeah, it was one of the better ones. I really enjoyed it. And I think everybody in the crowd did too. So, um, yeah, I think you should tune in for that. Also, just a quick word. Tangaloa seems very over with the fans in that building. And uh, you, Uemra, looking very thick. He's put on, seems to be putting on a lot of muscle mass. And he's got his lovely mullet. He's, he's looking great. Oh, boy, you. Yeah. Okay, third match then was Chase Owens defeating Great O'Khan in 8 minutes 46 seconds via a roll-up. He, oh. Great O'Khan, I mean, what great babyface energy. I mean, this might have actually been the first time for him working in front of a crowd that was actually allowed to chant his name. So I did note that, that people were chanting for Great O'Khan, and it must have been a really cool moment for him. And I thought it was interesting as well that on this weekend, and with uh, a couple of the opening Best of the Super Juniors match, that United Empire were positioned against more established heel factions. So they were getting babyface reactions by and large. So I was just wondering if this is maybe a slight recalibration of the unit as more of a tweener faction than a heel faction, like sort of like LIJ were back in sort of 2016, 2017. And I think watching this match, my big takeaway was that there is a lot of money in a future Great Ocon babyface run because people oh, yes. love to cheer him. They kind of love to hate him as well, but I think deep down, People love this guy. So he looked like he was having the time of his life out there, working in front of a loud crowd in what, you know, on paper, people have hand wave, but I thought it turned out to be a really good match. I love the match. I thought the match was great. He, I'm telling you flat out, like, aside from Okada, Tanahashi, Mox, trying to think of who else, maybe Jay White, He was right up there with some of the biggest, like pop, like baby face pop, um, of anybody in that building. Anybody, anybody in that building. And I'm telling you flat out, seeing it on TV is one thing. Seeing it live is another thing. He has the best fucking entrance of anybody on that roster. And, and the good news is, is that it doesn't end when the bell rings. It's not. He's not all entrance. But 
It is so great. And I know we've said it before, but like what he does could very easily slide into goofy or hokey or corny or whatever. And it doesn't. It's fucking cool. And it, and I, and here's what it really gives me. It kind of gives me somewhat like great mood of vibes, like that entrance. It's so like, like those are going to be things that we will remember in, you know, in, when he's positioned in a spot where they're really trusting in him. Imagine those fucking Tokyo Dome entrances. I think those things are going to be amazing because even right now with no pyro, no fucking just him and his charisma and that fucking gimmick and, you know, music and the, 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 the video playing behind him. That's about it. He is, he was, and again, I think a lot helps in the fact that he's a good dude and people like following him on online and obviously the incident, you know, helping out the small kid. Come on. How can you not fucking love him? And another thing too, he was the nicest guy like with, at the gimmick table. Um, I like, here's the thing. I'm, I'm kind of over the, the, let me get my picture taken with a fucking pro wrestler. For 10 bucks, 10 bucks, I was like, sign me the fuck up. I'm in. I'm getting my picture taken with this motherfucker. And that's exactly- uh, sorry to interrupt, but I, I remember people who went to, I think it was the New Beginning US tour in early 2019, I want to say, saying that they were feeling bad for Ocon when this was early on in the gimmick and he was there at the, you know, the merch tables and meet and greet tables and wasn't very popular and him looking a bit sad about that. But now look at him. I know. I was one of them. I remember our good pal London Joel um, texting me and giving me the scoop when he was going to those Rev Pro shows. He's like, and he was first on board. Like, he was one of the first guys on board. And I was like, I don't know. What the fuck is this? I don't, I don't get this at all. And I, listen, and I'm always late to the fucking party. I mean, me and my, like when, I, when Naito started doing the fucking, his current red hot, maybe one of the hottest gimmicks in pro wrestling, and I was shitting on it, you know, I'm, I'm not always quick to the fucking party, but now that I'm here, I'm in. And he, he made he made some decent money. There were people, there were people buying the shit. Good for him. Good for him. I'm proud of him. All right. Well, with that topic, Damon, quick thoughts on the cyborg, no, the android, not the cyborg, the android Alex Coughlin. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be honest, and this is my opinion for what it's worth. I know it's worth more than everyone else listening, but okay. I hated it. <laughs> I thought it was fucking just silly. And. He has, like, I'm sure I've ever seen pictures of it already, and it's like these, like, are they guns on his shoulder? Like these, like, I don't, I don't know even know how to describe it. But he's holding a mask. It looks like, and it, which looks like he fucking stole from Ishimori's locker. Um, and he's got this like, like power pack that he's. I don't, uh, I don't get it. Is he a is he a cyborg? Is that what he is? 
I think so. I, I recall hearing somewhere that he's like a massive Mortal Kombat nerd. So I'm always fearful that that was going to bleed through into his gimmick choice somewhere. I guess uh, Rocky was too busy with the NFTs to vet the gimmicks properly. and was just like, yeah, 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 sure, whatever. I don't know. It just and, and it took forever for him to get it off. He has like young lions helping him get this fucking contraption off of him. It took fucking forever. I don't know, man. I I I didn't. A I did not expect this. And B, it's going to it's going to take me a little bit. I'd start start the party without me. I'm going to be fashionably fashionably late to this to this party as well. Right, yeah. Fast forward to Wrestle Kingdom 18. We've got the main event: <laughs> Great Okan against the Android and its Coglin. Okay. Well, let's move on there. So the next match was the uh, eight-man tag match between uh, TMDK and United Empire. So Jonah, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, Badu, Tito defeated Aaron Hanare, Carl Fletcher, Mark Davis, Jeff Cobb. Mikey Nichols getting the pin over Carl Fletcher after 12 minutes, nine seconds following the Thunder Valley. This match, I mean, I enjoyed this match not just because of the match itself, which I thought was really, really great, a lot of fun, but more just how fresh it feels. Very excited for these new guys to get to Japan. And thinking particularly about the tag division, if we put in uh, Mikey Nichols, Shane Hayes tag team for representing TNTK, we put Aussie Open in that tag division, then already, you know, and that's not even thinking about teams like West Coast Wrecking Crew or, you know, maybe even Rapunky Vice is thrown there. But the World Tag League, I'm thinking this year, could be actually good. Could be actually good this year. Uh, we got some little Jonah versus Jeff Cobb teases. They previously met in PWG. And someone in our Discord said Jonah pulled a very NXT face when they uh, bumped into each other in the ring. And uh, also, Bad Dude Tito has joined TMDK. So, a nice moment for him in a really fun match. I love it. I thought the match was really great. And yeah, you're right. It was, um, it, it did feel like a breath of fresh air because a lot of these guys, you know, I don't think we've seen here in the States or let's put it this way, I haven't seen them. Uh, like Hanare, this is, I don't remember Hanare ever being on any of these new Japan shows in the States. So that was cool. Um, and I thought the match was great. And I liked the little spots with Jonah and, and uh, Jeff Cobb. I thought they were fun. Everybody was, was pumped for the, the big guys slapping beef. <laughs> Hot. Uh, and you're right. World tag league will be amazing. You know, if we hold on to everybody that we have right now, it could be, it, here's the thing. It, it might, not, might not even be good. It might be, pretty fucking amazing now again is everybody is every night going to be spectacular probably not but uh on paper it should be should be pretty sexy totally agree uh then we had Brody king defeating minoru suzuki in nine minutes five seconds with a gonzo bomb tony khan flexing his uh booking power there aw <laughs> guys always go over uh, what did you think of the match <laughs> Uh, I, I I will say that it did that finish kind of shocked me and it shocked everybody. Like like you, I felt like you heard a gasp when it happened. Like nobody, because I don't think anybody in the building expected it. He he's another guy that you know. I mean, he always gets the cheers and he always you know everybody wants to sing along and and all that. But he was like people were really looking forward to singing along. That's for fucking sure. Um, yeah. I like Brody King a lot. I don't know how you feel about Brody King, but I like him a lot. And I think he's one of those guys that I know he's kind of mid cardy guy in AEW, but like I just think, I think he's a really good big man. Like I'm, I'm I, w- I wish 
he had again how are you going how are you going to make this work like only so many people can hold a fucking title but like he's a, he's one of those guys that I just wish somebody could do something more with uh but but that being said i mean he got a clean fucking pinfall <laughs> you know that's 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 i think that's a pretty fuck look let's put it this way new japan circled his name to go over i i think it's pretty telling right i think that's something to to look into and 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 watch with uh, sharp eyes, right? Don't you think? Yes, I think that's intentional. This is one of their biggest US shows of the year, and to put him in for a pretty high profile singles match and have him win again, I'm thinking a strong possibility for G1 later in the year. Oh, man, there's a lot. I mean, I want a 30 man. <laughs> I want I want 40 men in that fucking tournament. Because there's a lot of people that I would love to see in it. I just don't know how they're going to they're they're they're, they're, they're going to sque- how they're going to squeeze ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. You know, it's there's just so much. There, there's an overflow of possibilities. So it's got to be. I mean, expanded. that doesn't it's even. It's got to be more than twenty men. I'm convinced. It has to be right. Yeah, it almost it almost has to be. All right, there you go. And then we had a special fingers match with Tomohiro Ishii defeating Eddie Kingston in 60 minutes, seven seconds with a vertical drop brainbuster. The, the love for Eddie Kingston continues to flow. And this was exactly the sort of match to showcase his strengths and have that sort of brawling style. And a lot of people saying this is sort of like the, the King's Road style against the New Japan Strong style, which was really uh, fun to watch. Uh, what did you think of it? I love it. I thought it was... I know. Wasn't there a time where you were kind of not down on Eddie Kingston, but you're just kind of like, I don't know if you got it or or it just wasn't connecting with you or whatever. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, he's he's really good. He's good yeah. at what he does. Yep, he is really good. And the th- the thing that 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 I think people enjoy about him the most is that he's authentic, or at least he at the very least he feels authentic, right? Um, that's I think that's his the, the biggest appeal to him. And again, he, he's a hard worker and he's um just I don't know, just raw and fun to watch. And Ishii is Ishii. So, you know, you put those that, that fucking combination together. And I don't know, like going into it, if I was like, how is this gonna fucking work? Is it gonna work? They pulled it off. I thought the match was really good. I thought they were. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and I think Ishii had his. Uh, he always has his working shoes on, but I think even like a like a a little notch above, right? A little notch above. I think here's a here's you and you mentioned it. I think a lot of these guys, maybe not the people that have, you know are in the states more than they're in Japan, but the guys that they brought over, I think, really put on extra effort hearing and 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 feeling a crowd in in the arena. I think that was a huge factor in again, was it the Tokyo Dome? No. But I think like Ishii, Tanahashi, Okada, even to a certain degree Suzuki, you know, Ishii and Suzuki have done uh, AEW. Um but like United uh, Empire and Okan and all these names that for the first time in how long has it been? Like two years? Like they like they're 
into it. And again, they might go to Rev Pro for a shot. I, I get it. But a lot of these guys are wrestling in front of a crowd for the f- a noisy crowd for the first time in a long fucking time. And I think they were there for it. Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw the Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho match on AEW a while back, but as soon as I'd seen that match, I knew that he was going to be, this was going to be a good stylistic matchup for him against Ishii, where they could just drop each other on their heads and hit each other really hard, and uh, everyone would have a really great time. So then we had a tag match with Jay White and Hikuleo defeating Kazuchika Okada and Rocky Romero. So uh, Rocky was a late replacement for Trent Barretta, who I think he had COVID, so I hope he gets COVID. better soon. I think yeah. he is fine now. And uh, yeah, Rapongi Vice uh, reunited. So we'll see what that means for the future. But um, again, I'm going to jump in with uh, a strong review here because we are talking about Hikuleo. And I don't know if you have seen it, but there was a match between Jay White, who defeated Hikuleo on Strong in the US of J Open Challenge match. Uh, 18 minutes it went. So Jay White did win. And first of all, I mean, Jay White, maybe already the case, Maybe he's improved, but he's just become such a tremendous TV wrestler. And here they told a really compelling story of Hikolo having the size and power advantage over Jay's experience and cunning. But then, you know, that experience helping Jay White to chop down Hikolo, dominate him. Every little transition in the match had a really cool moment of Jay outsmarting and outmaneuvering Hikolo. But more than that, Jay gave a ton to Hikolo. He took his shots like they were death. And this was Hikolo's best match. By far. I haven't seen any matches that were even as close to being as good as this one. Hikuleo looked really good in this one, despite losing. He had that explosive change of pace that creates drama. Played into the dynamics of the match where you think he was just about to power through the knee injury that Jay had been working on and get the choke slam. But there was a a picture-perfect reversal into the Blade Runner at the end. So just a tremendous match. If you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend you check out Jay versus Hikuleo from Strong because... That really showed me, okay, we might have something here with Hikuleo. And again, the fact that he has been picked for this spot, big semi-main event spot to be wrestling alongside Jay White and against Okada, I think that is deliberate. And again, I'm not saying that Hikuleo is definitely going to be in the G1 this year, but it is that elevation that I've been asking for for weeks and weeks and weeks. I want to see him having that step up and and doing some serious stuff. And this is it. And we've got this really interesting story with him seemingly turning turning his back on his brothers, his Gorillas of Destiny brothers, and siding with Jay White and the Bullet Club, and getting to, to showcase that here in a big spot against stars like Kazuchika Okada. Um, what did you think of this tag match? I really thought, like... So you mentioned the Jay White-Hikaleo match, and I agree in, in the sense of... Like, I, what I wanted to see was... Not necessarily could Hikaleo like go head to head with Jay White. Like I, I wasn't really looking for that because I didn't. That wasn't my expectation. Really, my expectation was: can he do enough to let Jay carry him? Like that. Like that was my expectation. Like, is he good enough to let a guy who can really construct a pro wrestling match? Can he kind of ride that wave? Can he go with the flow? Can he follow that direction? And I think he exceeded those expectations in that match. So now going into this tag match, he's now he's you know we're tagging with with Jay, and it's a big spot because on the other side you got Rocky Romero, who again we talk about it all the time, like like he is 
a, a litmus test. He is a, a guy that, you know, helps pro wrestlers get better, <laughs> right? That That's really what he is. And arguably uh, the, the, the best pro wrestler in the world right now in the same ring. So that was a big spot. And I thought he held his own. I don't think he w- looked lost. I don't think he looked um, out of place. I don't think he, uh, you know, it wasn't like there was a, a thread on the sweater and it, and things became unraveled. Now, again, you have three guys in there that are, you know, if things started to fall apart, you might not even fucking know it <laughs> that they were that good. Um, but again, that being said, if, if I'm looking uh, and I'm watching this match with somewhat of a critical eye or something that I really wanted to focus on, Aside, let's let's see a great match. I really wanted to focus in on Hikaleo, and I think he held his own. Um, so yeah, you're right. Like, I, I don't know who said it. It might have been Kevin Kelly, might have been on this show, um, talking about Hikaleo and what like a diamond in the rough, like what like a guy that that keep your eye on, and for the first time. Like I, I see it. Like the, for the first time, I'm like, okay, all right. Like, like I th- we have something here. Not, I think we have something here. Like we have something here. Um. So that, so like that match kind of got me amped up in the sense of, like, I just started thinking about, like, God damn, this fucking company, like the future of this company. I feel like it's in really good hands. Like I felt good, like just kind of having these moments of of clarity on a lot of these guys that I haven't seen in in a long, long time in a live environment. Like like improving, vastly improving. Like we're in a real good fucking spot. We're in a real good fucking spot. Um, and he, I think he shined. I really do. I think he shined. Yeah, completely agree. Um, also, we had Leo Rush coming out and joining on commentary and made some comments in the ring about people in the junior division he'd like to face. Uh, forgive me for being cynical, Damon. I'll believe it when I see it. When he's exactly. actually cleared to wrestle and in that ring and the bell rings, then <laughs> then I'll start talking about Leo Rush. Yeah, and and, and even then I'm going to be looking with, a okay, how long are you sticking around? So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, here's the thing. I'm, I'm for it because I think he's a talented dude, but, you know... Um, We'll see. We'll see. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So main event was the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship four-way match where Juice Robinson was the winner here against John Moxley, Will Ospreay, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Juice pinned Ospreay after 15 minutes, 45 seconds with his new move called the Rock Slide to become our new IWGP US Heavyweight Champion. It's really hard to say that. IWGP US Heavyweight Champion. So, yeah, very, really fun match. I mean, they don't do these sorts of matches often in New Japan, but I thought this one was really well laid out, well paced, well booked. There were some great spots in here. I liked John Moxley playing off spots that happened in his singles match with Osprey and then adjusting to them. Like, he was sort of countering certain moves, like the the powerbomb thing he counted into his own pile driver and... The hidden blade at the end, he managed to, to dodge that where he got caught by it in the previous match. So that was quite cool. Like He'd been studying the tapes and learning from it. 
Uh, Tanahashi, oh my goodness. I mean, this man continues to take ridiculous bumps. The Wrestle Kingdom table one, the the ladder table one against Kenta, and then this one here, it was just crazy. But just that aside, I thought it was a really smart way of using this match as a chance to put some shine on the Juice Robinson uh, heel turn and fresh coat of paint in front of the US fans. And he looks like a changed man. So I'm just so happy to see him back in the spotlight and seemingly getting a bit of a push here. Yep, he looks he looks he looks fresh. New coat of paint is right, and you're right with Tanahashi. And again, it kind of goes back to the, that live crowd environment, giving them an extra little boost, and and them giving us a little bit more than they normally would. I mean, I don't know for sure. Like, I don't have the math in front of me, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think this was a bigger crowd than. G1 Dallas, right? So the attendance for G1 Climax in Dallas was 4,846. Yeah. And and I and as I say, there was no fucking way there was 4,000 people in that fucking building. <laughs> no way. Uh, are we counting empty seats as well? Uh, we're counting people as two? Because uh, it really didn't feel like it. All right. So there you go. But again, big crowd, Washington. They had their working boots on. Yes, uh, and obviously continuing this story with Will Ospreay getting screwed by the referee, so another uh, dodgy finish here, so we'll see how that one plays out. And again, I don't know if that's going to necessarily lead to a Will Will Ospreay face turn, but it is interesting that the stuff that they're doing with United Empire at the moment. Uh, So Bash's Capital Collision was one of my favourite New Japan shows this year. Even the stream was good. Considering this, are you enjoying the US product or Japanese more? And are you enjoying things crossing over of storylines on these big US shows? kind of feels like two different products to me at the moment, just the sort of aesthetics of it, the personnel, and the different crowds well you know one we've got clapping and the occasional bit of noise and one we've got sort of normal cheering so yeah it does uh, sort of stylistically feel similar but just the little aesthetic changes make it feel different and and here's an interesting one from andrew who says when was the last time new japan had a run of great big shows as good as hyper battle dontaku capital collision and you could even throw in the anniversary show it really does feel like new japan's hitting their stride now it does and it's amazing that they're able to do what you what you say is you know two different feels um, at the same time. You know we got uh, we have a solid best of the Super Junior so far, and we had a pretty great show. And that and and yeah, they're right. That's a, that's a nice run of of New Japan shows, and you and you feel it like you like. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the first time people really got a, a solid show in that area or because there were people that traveled for that fucking show. Like people traveled for that show. I mean, I drove a couple hours. But that's no big deal. But there were people that did more than that. Um, It felt it felt like a, it felt like a good show. You know what I mean? Like it felt like a it felt like a new Japan pro wrestling show Um, and everybody had fun and yeah, I think it's a highlight of the year so far. A highlight of the year. Uh, can we have a quick spoiler-free word on the Philly tapings? Yeah. Um, they were good. Um, there was a Will Ospreay homicide match, which was good. I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, there was another multi-man United Empire. Um, was it Team Filthy, was it? I don't forget. Um, that was good. Um, the, the Lawler Fred Rosser match again. I think people should go out of the way because I thought that was very good. 
Um, and then Tanahashi and, and Chris Dickinson was good. Um, again, I know people were kind of shocked that Chris Dickinson was was there, um, that they used them. They did. They did. But again, I it's a weird thing because and I and I texted you this because we were going back and forth on this. It, it wasn't like he got booed out of the building. It wasn't like the reaction was. I, I don't think it was that negative. I don't think it was negative. Like I, I just feel like sometimes we're in a bit of a bubble, and I don't I, I, like they. If they didn't know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but. Well, can I interrupt you with a question? Uh, Classic Catch says, Chris Dickinson got to wrestle Tanahashi at the tapings. The advertisements for the Tanahashi match also stopped when the accusations were made public, but they still had the match. Why do you think this company hid him in DC? Because originally the match graphics showed he was supposed to be in that 10-man tag match, but he was replaced with Tangaloa. Uh, So why do you think the company hid him in DC and allowed him to wrestle in Philly? Now they're just going straight ahead and promoting his upcoming match with Ren Narita. What did they hope to get out of it? So that's what I think is the, the, the strange thing that they in my opinion, pulled him from the DC show. But now I think maybe they were just sort of waiting to see what the crowd reception would be at these tapings and then just sort of testing the waters by, you know, throwing out some tweets and saying, oh, he's going to be wrestling Renderita on Strong next week to see what the response is. And I yeah. guess that the response has not been as vociferous as they feared. And so they're just going to they're going to plow on ahead with it. And I'm not putting a value judgment on that. I'm not interested in watching him wrestle anymore, but um, th- that seems to be what's happened here. Okay. Um, or, you know, maybe there's enough that New Japan felt comfortable in in using him. I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't have the answer to that, but maybe that's the case too. You know, that, that the situation has been cleared and it, you know i don't know but to me I mean, look they try to sneak like, Marty skull back in yeah. I, I i'm i'm quite uh, i know they don't have the best suspicious. they don't have the best track record i i i can i'm i'm, I'm uh, not only can i agree i'm right there with you and it does feel like it's look there was the last match of the night right and that that match might not even see the light of the light of day, right? That might just have happened in Philadelphia, and they never air it. Um, depending upon you know which way the wind blows, um, but it does feel like that. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna keep you off this live show, and then we'll have you wrestle this match, and then we'll see we'll see which way the wind blows. That's exactly the feeling that I got too. So, um, but again. I, I don't know. I don't know if everything has been been settled or cleared or, you know, th- that I, I don't know. Um, but it does feel to me like it's one of those. Let's see which way the wind blows situations. And which which, again, I don't necessarily think like what like what would be the harm in not having him on the shows on either of the shows or any shows until until it is taken care of. I understand he's under contract. Okay. Just we're not we're just not gonna use you on these dates. Go go to the gym. <laughs> you know, go do something. Well until this is this is settled. This is this is sorted out. Um and if it doesn't get sorted out then then we have a problem with this contract. Right? That's that's really that's I think that's what people are just m- m- most 
like why why would they even have the match or a match just sit home that's a that's you know i don't want to speak for everybody but that's kind of like the one thing that left me scratching my head like just don't use them until until this gets taken care of well i mean if they're worried about you know they thought people had bought tickets because they wanted to see Chris Dickinson in action. They wanted to see that specific. That. <laughs> well, I, I know, but even if they thought that was the case, let him wrestle the match, but don't air it. You, you know, don't televise it. And so we are. They are going to put out Dickinson versus Red Narita on next week's episode of Strong. So again, if that's something that you feel strongly about, uh, you know, you know what to do. So yep. let's move on to best of the Super Juniors. Press conference was tremendous. They always are. I like doing the sort of fashion reviews. Clark Connor's outfit was the clear winner by far. Uh, Hiromi's little song and dance was good. Kanemaru and Taguchi corpsing, uh, Despi absolutely ethering Doki with some really uh, vicious comments. Uh, There's a lot to enjoy there. So that was good fun. Uh, Louis also says, question for music, Damon. What does he think of Blank Paper song for the opening theme to Best of the Super Juniors 29? <laughs> I don't, I can't. Can you hum a few bars for me, Joe? I don't know. I, <laughs> I always skip the entrance. The, the, me I too. go straight to the, the tournament matches. Right. I, I, I can't lie. I can't lie. I can't pretend to be like, oh, yeah, it's really good. I, I had no fucking idea. I don't think I've heard a note. Uh, I'll go, I don't know, maybe I will. Um, I won't remember. But uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, if it's like any of the other. You know, every they all sound the same to me. To be honest with you. So, um, unless this one is <laughs> this, unless this one opens with a synthesizer, which I highly doubt. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing a rocking guitar uh, intro, and uh, yeah. So there you go. All right. So let's check in with A Block. So at the top we have Ace Austin on four points. He beat Clark Connors and Kanemaru. Uh, enjoyed this tweet from Andrew T. Rich during the. Uh, Austin versus Clark match. He said, it's like watching a battle of male strippers from two very different theme nights. <laughs> so uh, Aramitha says, will Ace Austin's performance get you to watch Impact or just become one of those guys who always meant to watch Impact? Look, I will say this, on New Japan World, there is a, a fantastic Josh Alexander versus Ishii match. Uh, Under Siege is the event. So when they do put these Impact matches on World, I always watch them. So I think that partnership is definitely going to get more eyeballs on the product. I think Ace Austin's looking really good. He's, I, I know the sort of gimmick is, what if gambit from x-men but wrestler but i think he's got confidence he's got swagger i think he's had two solid to good performances so far i think he's getting popular with the japanese fans i know uh, talking to manabu manabu's really impressed with him i think it's been a really strong start from x austin he's been a guy that's that you could tell really is into being there right from what i understand like he's he's diving headfirst into the food scene and and um, really making the most of his trip, which is great, fantastic, love it. And to boot, I think he's having a fucking outstanding, outstanding best of the super juniors. Like, I, look, I, I don't know if it, if it's something where I only have I only have so many hours in a day. Sorry, I'm not Joe Lance. I don't do good fucking organizing my time. But that being said, like, like he's worth watching. Like I would, I would have no problem popping on uh, impact if if I know he's in a high profile match. Absolutely not, because I let's put it this way: I don't think there's anybody so far that I that that I've been hand waving. Nobody, and it is kind of cool that there are guys that are like you know the way this thing is booked. It, it is a little bit shocking that a lot of these guys that are brought over have 
decent. I mean, maybe except Wheeler, Utah, <laughs> um, all of them seem to be, you know, I don't well taken care of so far with, when it comes to wins and, and listen, we know that'll change because it's early, but uh, nice to say, nice to say. Hiromi Takahashi also on four points. He's beaten Yusuke Taguchi and Francesco Akira. Uh, the Taguchi match was not one of the best ones they've had. I mean, if you're into the comedy with Taguchi, I'm sure there was something to enjoy there, but it was the weaker of the three uh, most recent best of super, super juniors matches between them. Uh, I thought the Akira match was great. I mean, we'll talk more about Akira later, but you, you kind of expect that from Hiromu at this point. And, you know, he said in his comments, oh, maybe people are bored of the idea of me winning my third consecutive best of the super juniors. Uh, I, it's not one that excites me personally, but still just having him as the V star in A block and having him for these main events is uh, always fun to watch. And I mean, what more is there to say about Hiromu? Yeah, I mean he's a, he's you know he's he's the guy that I think everybody has circled. But with that being said, there look at the names that are that are in that A block that he's being leaned on heavily to to be that star attractive star attraction and be that that focal point. Um, I, I I don't think anybody's sick of him. And I don't. I don't think anybody's even sick of the idea of him winning the whole thing. Um, but he's obviously the biggest star in that fucking block. Yeah, I, I think he's a, a useful point there for the newcomers to see. Okay, let's see how you do in a big singles match against Hiromu to see what you've got. So you know you're circling the calendar when the likes of Ace Austin and Alex Zane get to wrestle Hiromu to see. You know what have we got here with these new guys? Can they put on the the absolute peak? Star junior star of New Japan matches. Um, let's talk about Alex Zane then, also on four points. He's beaten Sho and Kanemaru. And I was surprised at that, particularly getting the win over Sho. That's a, a big win there, given, given that Sho, I think, is a, a commodity in the junior division. Uh, so Alex Zane, he, he's colourful with all his red costumes. Uh, he is someone who I think is really embracing uh, the language. He's tweeting in Japanese, uh, the culture. He's enjoying the food. He's eating natto. And he's made himself so popular already with the Japanese fans. You just look on his Twitter and if fan art is anything to go by, a ton of fan art from Japanese fans uh, for Alex Zane. I think he's going to be a guy who has made such a good impression already that New Japan are going to want to keep him around. And I could see him being working for New Japan on the regular. Uh, I did enjoy Chris Charlton referring to his learning excursion in WWE, <laughs> which was hilarious. And um, he's doing this whole sort of Taco Bell themed uh, wrestling offense. What is it? The Cinnamon Twist is his finishing move. And yeah, he's a guy who I was a little bit wary of because he has got a tendency to botch stuff, you know, more complicated spots. But I think he's been great so far. He is one who's really, really impressed me. I mean, he is massive. <laughs> he's sort of towering over a lot of the juniors in his block. But I think as someone who's been, yeah, really, really good so far, and he's been given, uh, you know, two big wins off the gate and someone who I've got my eye on because he's made a, a, a tremendous start so far. Yeah. I like the fact that like all these guys that they again brought over, um, Ace Austin, Alex Zane, um, they feel like they fit in. Like they don't like you know how like in some best of the junior best of the super juniors, you would they would bring in people that they just didn't feel like they were in the mix. Like like I feel like these guys fit in really really well. Um, and again, maybe it's the appreciation for being there. Maybe it's the, the fact that they embrace, you know, 
the the the, the language and the you know the, a place that they haven't been before, or if they have, it's been a long time, and or the food or whatever. Like, it's just I really feel like this is a really good good group. Like I like I like the people in group A. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm rooting for people in block A. Just because I feel I don't know, I just feel like they they really they like like those guys really want to win. If that as goofy as that sounds. Um and they really want to be there. Like that that I think comes across more than anything else. Yeah, they've been you know sitting at home watching these uh, single block uh, domestic roster only best of the super juniors, and I'm sure they're sort of chomping at the bit waiting to get over there. And, and now they are there, and you can tell they're determined to make the most of it. And you can tell. Uh, okay, so Taiji Ishimori, he's the junior champion. He's got four points as well. He's beaten Yo and Taguchi. I, I to be honest, I thought he lived up to all the the stereotypes in the Yo match. I thought he slept. Me too. I found I found that really boring. But he worked very hard in his hometown. Sendai match against Taguchi. Maybe he's peaked there. I don't know. I will, I will be, I don't know, surprised, but I'll be curious to see if he matches that work rate in any of his subsequent matches because I thought Taguchi match was a lot of fun. Yo match, stank. All right, but are you putting that on him or are you putting it on Yo? Uh, yeah, little of column A, little of column B because right. we'll talk about Yo a bit later, but um, that's certainly the match didn't do Ichimori any favours. But let's, I mean, I'll wipe the slate clean with a Taguchi match because I enjoyed that one. Okay. I mean, to me, he's one guy that I'm like, I'm on, like if I'm giving out a letter grade, I'm probably going a C. Um, and again, it's early. I think, I think the best is yet to come. Francesco Akira, he's got two points. He beat Sho and then lost to Hiromu. He's he's only 22 years old, this kid. He's got a great work ethic. I know he's stuck around in Japan during the pandemic to work with All Japan. I think stylistically, he's a great fit for New Japan. Like Absolutely no questions about his ability because you could tell, particularly in the Hiromu match, this is a guy who can absolutely hang with the best. Uh, maybe questions about his size, but you know, it's a junior division. I don't think he, he looks uh, like he was not a, a credible wrestler against any of these guys. And uh, it was just interesting. Uh, Jacob says, do you think Akira knows he's in a heel faction? He has been <laughs> putting a lot of babyface roles so far. You know, the, having the, the wrench spot with TJP taking the wrench away against show right. and just the energy and his, his response after the Hiromu match. Um, although United Empire are nominally a heel faction, it just seems like a, a little bit of a strange fit, which either makes me think, you know, again, I, I said earlier, recalibration of United Empire. Maybe they are not the pure heels that, they were initially positioned as, but either way, Francesco Akira, tremendous start so far. Yep. 100% agree. Um, I don't want to say that, that he's earned himself a, a position or a, a long-term spot, but it feels like he's earned himself a position in a long-term spot. And there's probably, you know, highlights to come. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the five guys that we've mentioned so far, I've I've been super thrilled with. Let me take that back. Four out of five, I've been super thrilled with. Okay, it's going to be four out of six now because we're going to talk about Yo, who has two points. He lost to Ishimori and he beat Clark Connors. Both matches I found pretty dull, to be honest. Um, this was his big interview, his big promo at the press conference. I will do my best in every match. This best of the Super Juniors. Thank you. Um, you know, we called Yoshihashi a bag of socks. This is my analogy now. Yo, he's not a bag of socks. He is a single white sock. Lost <laughs> his partner a while back. He's now functionally useless. Nothing inherently wrong with it. It just sits there in your drawer. Every time you see it, you think, oh, I should probably match that with another similar sock or just throw it away. 
Uh, so Michael says, how would you fix Yo? And can we start asking him to take off the white shots? It's like he's deliberately tried to construct the most disinteresting, boring <laughs> gimmick personality imaginable. Like the kind of guy you, you would dread to get stuck talking to at a party. Like, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 it's baffling to me. Uh, he, like, he is... Like he's so insignificant right now. Like just and and to to boot the matches are you're right. They're just like I don't know, you gotta shrug your shoulders at this point. Like he he's how many opportunities do you think this guy's gonna get later down the road? I just, I just don't see it. I don't know what it is. I'm, I, maybe he's not interested in doing this. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I, I, I'm, but I'm very curious. Just to, I wish I could get in, into their, like, just get into his head. I, I don't know. I, but here's the thing: there are there are people that have been tossed terrible gimmicks, and have made the most of it. Like, I don't even, like, what is his gimmick? Like, what is his, like, seriously, if you were going to say, okay, new fan, I'm I'm popping in for best of the super juniors, uh, you know, tell me about Alex Zane, tell me about Hiromo, tell me about Doki, tell me about whatever. Tell me about Yo, Joel. Like, how would you, how would you describe him? All I can say is maybe, uh, if I'm being generous, he's doing this on purpose. He's trying to be as boring as possible so that there's going to be a big turn coming. He's going <laughs> to join LIJ or something and suddenly become interesting because it's like he's like a, a, a bathroom sign, like the, you know, just like the, the cutout or the default creator wrestler. Like, you know, when you go to create your gear, he's just left it blank and be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I agree. He's, uh, I don't know. I mean, they, 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 you would think they, there's, there's something in the future, and and we're and we're trying to be as bland as possible so that when the spice comes, we'll be uh, we'll be all in. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. Never going to be as spicy as the zest of the Source Juniors, Alex Zane. Uh, okay, so on to Show, who's got zero points. He lost to Akira and lost to Zane. And look, I don't think it's a coincidence that they've used Show to help get over two of the new guys. He worked really, really hard to make them look good and. Honestly, I'm finding Show more and more entertaining to watch as he's working out his character. I'm finding him a lot of fun. Uh, the funny faces are great. He's making funny noises as well. The <laughs> face he did when TJP took the wrench, I thought that was very, very enjoyable. The promos are great. He's just like this deluded man who, who thinks he's the baby face protecting the honor of New Japan and he's accusing everyone else of cheating. Uh, I'm saying it. Show's good now. Uh, so Dequan says, what is your opinion on Show losing his first two matches? I think he'll be back with uh, a nice little run like they normally do. And I think show will be in the mix toward the end. I'm not a fan of the funny faces. Um, I think the matches have been good that he's been in, but you're right. I mean, well, no, I would say you're right in the fact that we got plenty of funny faces and you're wrong in the sense that they're enjoyable because I hate them. (laughs) I really do. You'll, you'll come round. I'll be accepting right. your show apologies by the end of this tournament, I'm sure. All right. Kanemaru <laughs> right. uh, also got zero points. He lost to Zayn and Austin. So much like show, Kanemaru has been given the key job from day one of making the new guys look good. And and Kanemaru, he's the barometer for a new junior in New Japan. Because if you can't look good against Kanemaru, then you're not good enough, basically. Uh, it's just an absolute pro. And looking forward to seeing him 
pick up some of his own wins, pick up some sneaky wins in the future because uh, I enjoy Kanemaru a lot. Me too. Um, and again, if if we're looking at a role of Rocky Romero ish, like that's your guy in in this block. So yep, I agree one hundred percent. I don't know where he'll be point wise, but I don't think that's the important part. I think the important part is let's showcase some of this new talent. Uh, Ryusuke Taguchi also won zero points, lost to Hiromu and Ishimori. So, yeah, Hiromu match was so-so. Uh, Ishimori match I thought was really good. He, and so he's doing this gimmick where he keeps threatening to be serious. He's like, I'm going to be completely serious in the next match. And, of course, doesn't. So there might be a payoff to that at some point. Maybe he's just going to be like do like proper hardcore wrestling and none of the, the silly shit at some point in the tournament. But um, we, you know what you get with Taguchi, but I'm yeah, hoping we get... Pro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, then let's talk about Clark Connors. Uh, zero points. He lost to Ace Austin and Yo. He's not been given a huge amount to work with. He still feels a bit like a young lion in the booking, at least. I think we need a breakout tournament match from him. And it's tough because he's been positioned mostly as like the first or the second tournament match on these cards. But I'm looking at his match with Hiromu in Ota City on the 29th, where I think he's sort of fifth there. Uh, that's one of where it's a, a double block night. So... That one, I think we'll see what we've got with Clark Connors. But so far, not a lot to get excited about. No, but again, going into this, we were talking about how don't look for a lot of points. Don't look for um, too many marquee matches. But again, you're looking for improvement. You're looking for when he gets that you know fourth match, fifth match, sixth match, that you know is he taking advantage of the time to shine? I think he will. Uh, again, we haven't seen much yet, but um, I mean, what, we're two or three nights in, so I'm not too concerned. So B block, we got El Desperado on four points who beat Titan and TJP. So two main events here. He, he just feels like the star of the tournament. He's been booked like the star. He's got more main events than anyone else. The, both those matches were excellent. And uh, you expect it from Despi at this point. You don't get surprised. Wow, that was a great match. I thought the, the TJP match in particular was fantastic. So uh, El Desperado, he he just feels like the guy in this best of the Super Juniors. Yeah. And 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 I can't say that anybody should be shocked at that at this point. Like he was, he was the foundation of that junior heavyweight uh, division for a long time and, and in, in the most troubling times. So yeah, I, I, he's going to be in the mix. I think we all agree on that. El Fantasmo on four points. He beat Bushi and Master Watto. A lot of G1 talk from ELP. He says he's going to win best of the Super Juniors, become junior champion, and then enter the G1 as junior champion. He's looking a lot more muscular. He's, he's putting on that mass, and he's getting clean wins. He's not doing the loaded boot anymore. You know, he's still acting heelish. There was a funny moment where he bonked heads with a referee yesterday, which was quite funny. Accidental, but still quite amusing. And look, I made the Kenny Omega comparisons a while back just in terms of someone who started off as a, a goofy junior but then turned out to be a serious heavyweight and, and a babyface heavyweight. And of course, El Fantasma, he's his own man. He's got his own unique, goofy, shithead charisma. But all the evidence I've seen so far in this tournament has only intensified those comparisons for me. Uh, so Hayden says, what do you think about ELP winning best of the Super Junior? So how, how do you think he's doing so far? Yes, it's... Uh, I don't know this year. I don't know. Again, what G one's going to have to have thirty fucking people in it, right? It's it's going to be impossible. I just I just can't see it this year. But the idea of him being a heavyweight, I think, again, let's give credit where credit is due. Joel was was first in, in that driving that bus, and you know, each and every time, there's little little bits and little bits and little bits that kind of 
lead us in that direction. So I would not be surprised at that, but I just can't see G1 this year. Let's talk about Doki, who's on two points. He built, beat El Lindemann and then lost to Wheeler Utah. And he's been cutting tremendous English promos on Utah. Uh, talking about the seatbelt, the Jorge Rivera special. So uh, a guy who is very talented with languages for sure. And yeah, I thought two really great performances. Both those matches I enjoyed a lot. And he's, again... Just the story of Doki, a guy who came in as a late replacement for Despi uh, a few years back, and now is one of the guys I look forward to the most. And I think not necessarily a dark horse to win the block, but certainly a guy when you see him come out, you sort of rubbing your hands together. Oh, great! It's time for Doki. And those two performances so far have been really good. I'm, I'm enjoying him a lot. Think of what you said there. Like we're rubbing our hands together, looking forward to Doki, who you know. When he debuted, we were all kind of, uh, who is this indie sleaze guy? Um, and now he's out there wrestling like ROH pure style matches against Wheelie Utah <laughs> stealing the show. Right. Seriously. And, uh, you know, uh, charisma to boot. So what I say, he's he's a highlight. Yeah. What I say, he's like an, like a a. Uh, of that block, he's like the guy I'm looking forward to the most. I don't know about that, but like, you know, you're going to get fun shit out of him. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be boring, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I think, like, is right now Doki's head and shoulders above like Master Watto and Bushi and um. Even yo, I gotta be honest with you. Like if I if I had to take my pick of all those, I'm taking Doki. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, Robbie Eagles, two points. He beat Wheeler Utah, and I thought that was a tremendous match on the opening B block. Me night. too. And then lost to Bushi. So there's this sort of story going on between them where Bushi, more often than not, has got Robbie's number and was able to uh, outmaneuver him again this time. Robbie Eagles, he's a great wrestler. When, what more can you say? You can depend on him to put on great performances and. He, the, the best is yet to come from him. Yep. And he's my dark horse to win the whole fucking thing. Come on, Robbie. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Make me look like a fucking stud. Um, yeah, I mean, he's great. So he's what do, you, what do you want me to say? Let's talk about one Theodore James Perkins, who's on two points. He beat Watto and then lost to Despi. So, yeah, he's beaten Watto and got that claim for those uh, junior heavyweight junior tag titles, which I think we'll, we'll be seeing at some point in the future, him and Akira teaming up. And again, the fact that we are seeing them together. So Akira's always coming out with TJP. TJP's always coming out with Akira. That is not for nothing. And look, uh, as as uh, Joe says, the Wokes won't like this one, but uh, I'm going to say it. I think he's been really good. I thought his match, the main event yesterday against Despi was fantastic. And, you know, a lot of people are just going to heap the praise on Despi for that, and rightly so. But TJP more than played his part. So I think he's a guy who, again, can be relied on to put on quality matches. And, yeah, might be an idiot who says daft things, but maybe I'm in the minority here. I think he's a really good wrestler, and it's been uh, brought out so far because I think these two performances have been very good. Yep. And you're not alone because we've been saying it for a long time for those of those people that watch strong and he's, there's not a, there hasn't been a bad match. Um, again, you can disagree with his politics. You can disagree with his, uh, world views and, uh, knock yourself out. But I think to deny the fact that he's a good pro wrestler, I think that's, I mean, I just think that's, it's just not an accurate statement. Um, and he's, show, and he's showing it here, too. 
know, it's not like he's phoning it in or anything. Like he's, he looks excited to be there as well. So I think it's a good fit so far. I think it's a good fit. Wheeler Utah, two points. He lost to Robbie Eagles and then beat Doki. Again, two matches that I thought were really, really good. Again, he's not been positioned in semi-main events or main events. These are matches that have come, I think they've both been like the third tournament match on the card, but he's still managed to make a really good impression. And he's got that, like I mentioned before, wrestling that sort of ROH pure style. The grappling has been really tremendous, those sort of transitions and back and forth. And he's got, he's picked up that aggression and that intensity from his affiliation with the Blackpool Combat Club. And I think that's added an extra dimension to him because he feels, he looks like a killer out there, basically. He, he just, he's got that expression on his face. He's just looks like someone you don't want to mess with, basically. So I've uh, really enjoyed his output so far. Yeah, he's, He's been really good, and I guess one of the things where you know people like us were watching these shows, and every near fall, you're just kind of like, oh, <laughs> because it is one of the most interesting storylines. Is okay, who is he losing to? Who is he not losing to? Um, and and that makes it a little bit. I don't know, maybe a little bit more fun, maybe a little bit more. You know, everything counts at at that point. So I'm. I think he's he's been outstanding this tournament, yeah, and and the best is yet to come. El Linderman, two points. He lost to Doki and then beat Titan. Uh, I was quite shocked that he lost to Doki. Actually, I thought he might be, you know, given that he's from an outside promotion, he might be protected a bit. But oh man, that Titan match was fantastic, and not to mention the fact that the day before, on his day off, he'd been working a, a Glates main event against uh, Irie. So you know, he's doing these big main events on his day off, and then coming in and having a match against T-Town that I thought was worthy of a main event anywhere in the best of the Super Juniors. Those guys just went to work and so impressed by El Lindemann. He's so fun to watch. He's just like this little ball of energy and just like, suplexing people out of their shoes. And there was, you know, blood coming out of his chin. That just gave it a tremendous look as well. And yeah, uh, this this guy's really special. I, I really hope he sticks around with New Japan. And the relationship with Gleet looks like it's a positive one so far. If it means we get more of El Linderman, I'll be a happy man. Yep. But that was my that might have been my favorite match so far. Um just spectacular. And and and, and let's be truthful here, it had no reason to be. It really didn't. Um, but they were fucking going balls out. And it you know, to me, everybody everybody not everybody, certain people who follow the scene were the first to point out that Teton might be the most uh, valuable player um, in this tournament. And so far, I think he's lived up to that. Yeah, well, let's talk about Tito. Then he's on zero points, lost to Despi and Lindemann, but two fantastic matches. Uh, Frank says, I'm such a fan of Tito. Do you, either of you think he'll stick around a bit after the tournament? It'll be fun seeing him in the junior title feud. I think he could. I think he should. I think this is a guy who apparently has taken Lee's spot in CMLL. He could take Lee's spot in, in New Japan as well. He's a guy who not as flashy and spectacular as Ryuji, but I think just as talented. And these two matches, if they're anything to go by, against Despi and Lindemann. I agree with you, that Lindemann match was my favourite of the tournament so far. Was uh, was great. I love Titan, and I think maybe in previous years we haven't really noticed or appreciated how good he is. Uh, maybe he's just improved. Maybe he's got better over the last few years. But a, a guy who I think we should not sleep on, he is a, a tremendously talented wrestler, Titan. 
I agree. Here's the problem, though. Like, we've seen him in past years in different spots, whether it be Fantastic Mania, whether it be here in Best of the Super Juniors. Um, would it be great to, to have him? Yes, of course. Where do we sign up? Um, the but I kind of feel like the likelihood of that happening, only because it hasn't happened before. And why wouldn't it? Um, I don't know. It kind of has me thinking that it, it probably won't. But um, I don't think anybody would complain if it did, right? But I just don't see it happening. Bushi has got two points. He lost to ELP and then beat Robbie Eagles. Uh, look, Damon, Bushi, he is in this Best of the Super Juniors tournament. And, and I know the critics, the naysayers, they're going to say that he isn't, but he is. I checked, right? He's <laughs> definitely in the B block. His record is one and one. You can see it for yourself. It's on Wikipedia. So all these haters who are saying Bushi's not really there, I'm, I'm sick of it, Damon. He is in this tournament. But Bushi, yes, he is there. I've, I saw him with my own two eyes. He's Bushi. What, what do you want me to talk about, Bushi? You got to go to work soon. I'm gonna, not going to. He's been all right. Bushi's also. been fine. Okay. Last He's person we'll talk about then is uh, Master Watto, who's on zero points, lost to TJP and ELP. So he's not doing well against the three initialed wrestlers with a P at the end, but he's not fucked up yet, Damon. So I'm winning so far on our little wager. I think he's been ah. perfectly good in both those matches. I agree. So far, so good. So far, so good. But again, we have a long way to go. So uh, don't count those chickens before they hatch. Uh, he'll He's bound to fuck up. And here's what the problem is. It's going to be in a higher profile match <laughs> that everyone will see. That's what he's going to fuck up. All right, so that will do it. Uh, I need to get to work. Oh, I'm just going to do one question before we go because uh, Antonio is very mad at me that I haven't been answering his questions. So we'll answer oh. his very important question before we get out of here. So let me read it. So uh, first question is this. Do you guys think there is corruption in the company happening between this Kikuchi guy and Dick Togo to abuse power and screw somebody whose isn't part scheme? This kind of relates this, which it was reported in Osawa wrong guy left Noah as booking and brought the Peros stable with him to Dragon Gate. Question is, you guys know it was announced that Dick Togo was going to return to DDT. Then main event of Dontaku House of Torture didn't appear at main event where other Bullet Club members did. So he bring the whole House of Torture group to DDT like Nosawa or he's going to DDT by himself. Please, this time answer my question. For fuck's sake, please don't ignore my question this time. Please don't go with the time excuse this time because you guys tend to mostly ignore my questions either with or without time. And I want my questions to be answered, not ignored. So please, for for fuck's sake, don't ignore this time. Well, I do have an answer for you, Antonio. Uh, all those things and Kikuchi and Dick Togo and Osara Ronga and all the booking, all the backstage politics. So get ready. Uh, here you go. This media has been disabled in response to a report by the copyright owner, TV Asahi. And that's all the time we have this week, uh, Damon. Oh. So we're going to get out of here. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to join our Discord, you can send me a direct message on Twitter at CobraCoe and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast for our lovely t-shirts. Big thank you to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-state review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.